Um, today we're going to be talking about listening for God's voice. Um, there's going to be two verses I get into right off the bat, um, and then I'm going to bring in other scripture. The two verses I won't even have you flip to because they're just really short. Um, it's John 10, 27. It says, it's Jesus speaking, and he says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And the second one is Jeremiah 6, 16. And it says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. And so from those two verses, we learn that we as the sheep of God, our shepherd, will know his voice. And number two, he says, if we ask him to guide us, if we ask him, what's the way that I should walk in, he will be faithful to tell us, and then we'll be able to walk in it. Um, and so we're going to be talking about that idea of how do we listen for God's voice. Maybe some of you have listened and you felt like you haven't heard from him, and you kind of gave up in listening. Um, as most of you know, uh, this church has helped Three Trees, our church, uh, tremendously through uh, you guys have taken down walls to expand our sanctuary out. Um, you guys have come down and painted our, our, uh, our rooms down there. Um, and then when you took down those walls, one of the things that had to happen is we had to put in new walls because we had to separate out our sanctuary from the kids' ministry. Um, and you guys helped us with that, and that was a very necessary thing so that while we're in the middle of the service, you don't just look to your left and see two kids fighting over a toy or just staring at you or whatever. Um, and also, of course, that helps to cut down on the noise uh, when you have that barrier there. Um, when we're talking about the Lord, there is currently this divide that separates us, kind of like that wall, in that you can't look to your left right now and see Jesus sitting next to you. And yet you know, spiritually, he is here among us, right? His Holy Spirit is here. And there's this divide between us where in the same way that we know the kids are on the other side of that wall when we're worshiping, we don't see them, um, but we know they're there. And one of the ways that you can know they're there is even though that sound is cut down, you can still kind of hear them through there, right? Um, Listening is this really weird thing where without going into the room, without seeing into that room whatsoever, from the sanctuary, we are able to know what's going on inside there. And so if we were to all get really silent when we're in our church, um, you could be able to go, oh, they're playing Simon Says, they're playing a game, or oh, they're singing right now, or oh, Kelly's giving the message in there. You can know what's happening in that room without seeing inside there, without, without uh, going into there. Not only that, you'd be able to say, okay, it's kids in that room, it's not adults. Maybe there's a couple, but it's mostly kids. Um, if you know the voices of those kids, then even if I didn't see them come in, if I was sitting in the sanctuary and we were all silent, I could tell you, okay, so uh, Cole is here and Stormy's here and uh, Bella is here and Isaiah is here. I could name for you each of the people in that room without ever seeing their face, without ever going in there myself um, because I'd be able to hear them. I know their voice. Now, if you came to my church and I said, hey, what's Isaiah saying in there? 
and there were six kids talking, you'd say, well, I have no idea because I don't know who Isaiah is, right? And so to be able to know who's in that room, you have to know their voice. Um, so we know what's going on in that room. We know the voice. And Jesus says, my sheep recognize their shepherd's voice. And I know them and they follow me. This is one of the traits we have as Christians is he says, you will be able to recognize the voice, the Holy Spirit's voice within you. Um, here's the craziest thing about listening is that if I'm listening carefully at that wall where all the kids are, um, <laughs> maybe this is, this is just a strange thing to me. I know the thoughts that are happening inside of the skulls of some of those kids because they're expressing them out loud, right? And so without seeing, let's, let's use Isaiah for an example. Not only do I know that he's inside of that room, not only do I know what he's doing, you know, he's playing a game or whatever, not only do I know what, that it's his voice, but I know the thoughts that are happening inside of his head without ever seeing him, without ever going into that room. It's almost like a superpower, but it's just one of the senses that God gave to us that we're able to do this constantly. You can start to see how this applies to God, right? It's possible for us without seeing his face to find out exactly which thoughts are going through the mind of Jesus, even right now, if we're willing to take the time to listen. There are a couple things that are necessary for this to be possible. We'll extend this analogy just a bit further. Um, and this is what I want us to talk about today. There's four points I'm going to get into. Number one, we would have to be silent. Uh, generally, in the sanctuary, when we're all worshiping and, and uh, being together, I have no idea what's going in there, going on in that room. And the reason is, I'm doing my own thing. I'm busy. I'm preaching. You know, we're worshiping together. We never get quiet enough to actually hear what's happening in that kid's room. So we have to get silent, number one. Number two, we might have to get closer to where they are. And so if, I, if you're completely on the other side of the sanctuary, you might have to move over here, even if you got silent, and kind of listen at the wall to hear what's happening. Number three, you have to know the voice, and we'll use Isaiah again as the example of Isaiah. If you don't know him, you have no idea who it is that's speaking. It could be anyone. And number four, Isaiah has to be speaking in order for us to know what he's thinking. If he's not speaking, I don't know the thoughts going on in his head. But as soon as he starts to speak, I can track, okay, this is what's, what he's thinking right now. So let's get into it. Number one, we need to be silent. Um, you all know what it is to be swept along by distractions or just by the busyness of your week, right? You get home from work and you change and you're, you have to... Uh, you know, make some dinner because you're hungry. And so you make the dinner, you sit down to watch a show, you end up watching two of them, you know, and then you move into a different room and you're reading a news article and while you are, somebody texts you and now that's got your attention and you're texting them back and forth. And then you tell your wife about it and now she's like getting engaged and she goes, oh, there's this thing I was supposed to show you. Uh, and she pulls up a YouTube video that she wanted to share with you or whatever. And then you, that reminds you of something you saw. And, you, and before you know it, kind of all of your day has just gone from thing to thing to thing. And you're just kind of swept along by it, right? And then you end up realizing how late it is and you end up going to bed. You guys have all been here, right? Where it's just like, you feel like 
things are almost just happening to you. You don't even have agency over your day. It's just, you're kind of distracted and swept along. Um, this can happen to us for weeks at a time. <laughs> and we just lose weeks of our lives to just whatever came up. There's this uh, quote that I've always really liked that says, how you spend your time is how you spend your life. And I use this a lot in our church because it's really something we have to keep at the forefront of our eyes. The way you spent your time this week, think about, you know, did I pursue spiritual things? Did I, the way you spend your time is how you spend your life. So if we want to hear God, we have to be intentional with that. We have to make room in our day. And we have to make listening a priority. Um, if I believe the word of God is my daily bread, how many days do I go without eating? I can tell you physically, I make that a priority. If, even if I got home at 1 a.m., I'm going to grab something to eat before I go to bed because I know the importance of that and I hunger for that. Physically, we make it a priority. So the question is, as, as far as spiritually, you have that same need to, to be in connection with your God to be in his presence, do you make it that priority to listen for his voice? God's voice is described to us as a still, small voice. Um, and so we have to sometimes silence those distractions in order to be able to hear what he's saying. Uh, after we're done here and everyone's up and they're talking and stuff, uh, if I were to look across the room and I saw someone was speaking to me barely above a whisper, I'm probably not going to be able to discern what they're saying because everyone's kind of talking at once. If I care enough to find out, I might go to that person and say, hey, let's go out into the hall where it's quieter so I can hear what you have to say to me, right? And so what I'm doing is I'm taking myself away from the distractions around me. I'm getting alone with this person, and I'm actually listening to what they say because I care. In a similar way, the Lord wants to know do you care enough to sometimes get alone with me and to listen? Jesus used to always say this phrase, uh, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, if you're willing to listen, now is the time. Um, we all know what it is to have everything working perfectly as far as your ears, but still not to be listening. Uh, how many in this room know of the game Fortnite? Is anybody? Okay, we got a couple. How many in this room play Fortnite? Okay, we got a couple in the back here. So Fortnite is this kind of, uh, kind of cartoony first shooter game. It's like a, a battle royale, they call it. Um, and I play it because it's just kind of fun. It's a way to relax. And uh, there will be moments where me and Kelly are having a conversation and we'll be in the middle of, and I, I care about what she's saying, but then somebody will like start shooting at me, and suddenly I'm in this battle in the game. And what ends up happening is she's still talking, but my mind turns off, right? As far as my ears, they function exactly how God designed them to function. My ears are taking in the sounds, but I'm not listening anymore. And I end up looking over to her afterwards, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't catch any of what you just said. You're going to have to repeat that because I was very distracted for a moment. And she is very gracious. She's very loving. She doesn't get mad at me for that. Um, but I think we have this tendency in our lives to 
not really listen to people sometimes, right? And we have more of a tendency with our God because after I get done with the battle, I can look over and see the disappointment on her face. And then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Please repeat that because I do care. But with God, he's not in our physical realm. And so I can ignore him and I can ignore him for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks. And it's not like I'm going to be able to look and see his face, how much he wants for me to be with him. So that's number one is we have to get silent. Number two, we have to get close to where he is. Um, you will draw near to God if you have faith that he listens and that he cares for you. If you know that God is there and he cares about you, you're going to take time to be with him. He's the God over the universe. Um, but to have that faith, we need to expect that he's actually going to speak with us. Um, when we come to listen to him, Jesus uses uh, this analogy a lot of times where he says it's like knocking on a door. And we knock on that door and we wait expectantly knowing he's going to answer. Knowing that he's on the other side. We have this confidence that he's on the other side. Um, and if you know he's inside, then if he doesn't answer right away, you keep on knocking. I have this neighbor who... Uh, told me, Josh, if you see that gray van in front of my house, then I, that means I'm home. I'm always home if that van's in front of the house. You can come knock on my door anytime, okay? And so if I were to have some kind of medical emergency and I needed help, if I see that gray van, I know he's inside, so I'm going to be knocking, and even if he doesn't come right away, I'm going to keep on knocking, right? Because I have confidence that he's actually in there, and eventually he'll come out. Um, if his van's not outside, I might knock on that door for a little bit, but if he doesn't come right away, I'm going to leave and go figure something else out. And the reason is, I don't know whether or not he's there. I don't know whether or not he's going to come at all. And so I go and I figure it out myself, right? And I feel like when we're seeking Jesus, we have to know in our hearts, he is there, he is listening, he actually cares for us. And then we keep on knocking. We keep coming to him to listen. If we think maybe he doesn't respond, maybe he doesn't care enough to respond to me, then what's going to happen is we might knock for a couple minutes, but then we're going to say, you know what, i got to go figure it out myself. And a lot of times this is our interaction with God, where we don't keep bringing things before him, we don't keep listening for if his spirit wants to say something to us. We just assume Maybe he doesn't speak to me, and we go try to figure it out ourselves. Maybe you're thinking, but that's the problem is I still doubt. When I go, listen, I don't hear anything, and so yeah, I go away. Here's my solution for you. It's a really simple one. Still take that time to listen. And the reason is, your listening is an evidence that you do have faith. Here's what I mean by that you would not take time to listen. Let's say that you put aside 10 minutes every morning just to be silent and listen for Jesus. You would not take that time if you didn't believe there was a possibility he would speak to you, right? And so the more that you practice listening, the more obvious it is that you actually do believe. You actually do have faith. Your actions are literally proving your faith every time that you set aside that time for him. James says, I'll show you my faith. 
I'll show it to you by what I do. And we would be wise to come to Jesus with that same confidence that we say, Lord, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm not going to stop coming back. And that's how you're going to know I do believe Jesus, is I'm going to keep listening until I hear your voice. Number three is we need to know his voice. When you spend time with a friend, you become really familiar with the expressions that they use, the tone of their voice, the changes in their pitch when they're excited, or you know it gets lower when they're feeling sad or disappointed. You become really familiar with all the intricacies of that person's voice. In a similar way, as someone who's known the Lord for a long time, I instantly know when someone is making up something that's in the Bible. And this happens a lot as a pastor. You have people who say, oh, you know, the Bible says, and then they'll just throw out some random thing that they think it's a big book and you probably don't know what all is in there. And they'll try to like convince you of it, right? And uh, because I've read through the Bible multiple times, um, I know somewhat what's in there, but even more than that, I know the tone and the voice and the expressions of my God. And it's really easy to recognize, no, that's written in your voice, not at all his. Um, you know, if somebody says to me, well, God said to me, and then they say something that's not Jesus's voice, I know right away, that's not him. So for example, if they say, God told me I don't have to forgive them because they did blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> that's not right. That's not what Jesus would tell you to not forgive that person. And you might try to convince me of it, but I know his voice. Um, I use this Where's Waldo analogy kind of often, where you guys have all played Where's Waldo, right? Most people in here, at least you know what it is. Um, the way that you can find Waldo in those books, you have all of these thousands of characters that are doing things. The way you find Waldo is because you know exactly what he looks like. You know, he has that striped red and white shirt. He has the scarf, the weird hat, the glasses. You know what Waldo looks like. So you can look through all of these characters until you find him and say, yep, found him, and point him out, right? And so that's good. If you know what he looks like, you have an advantage. Um, here's another advantage that you can have is if you've been on the page before, then you have an advantage over someone, maybe it's cheating, but you have an advantage over someone <laughs> who has not been on that page before, right? So like if I had that book at home and every day for 30 days, I went through every page and found Waldo, then I could probably take that book here, open it up and say, um, he's right there, flip the page, he's right there, flip the page, he's right there. And I'm gonna find him way quicker because I know exactly where he is on every page. Now I give you the book, you might take 10 minutes to find him on the first page. You have an advantage if you've been there before. And I would say this regarding seeking the Lord. The more that we find the Lord, the more we know where and how to find him again. You start to learn his voice, and you also start to learn how to hear his voice. What is the process by which I find you? You know, you read in the New Testament about these people who are led by the Spirit, and he is speaking to them. And we're jealous. And we go, I want that. Well, it's like they found him on the page faster than you ever could. And it's because they took this time to learn his voice and to come to him over and over until it was like a muscle they built up. 
They know how to find their king. We have to also, I will say with this, be praying to the triune God of the Bible. We have to be praying to Jesus Christ himself. Um, you can try saying, like some people do, you know, oh, mysterious spirit of the universe. You know, I, I ask this of you. But that's like me calling you on the phone and saying, hello, any other human on earth. <laughs> that's not a very individualized greeting. Or it's like if you get a letter in the mail and it says, uh, to the current resident, or to whom it may concern, or dear homeowner. That, for me at least, I don't read the rest of that letter. It goes straight into my trash. And the reason is, I know that's not written to me. That's just this vague thing sent out into the world. No, the person's not speaking actually to me as me. Now, if I get a handwritten letter from one of you, and it starts with, dear Josh, you better believe I'm going to read that letter, right? Here's the guaranteed way that we can hear from God. If you have questioned whether you've heard him in the past, this is the, I promise you, you will hear his voice here, and it's in the scriptures. And that's where we start. Um, when you read your Bible, that is Jesus' voice speaking to you. Those words reveal God's character. They reveal his motivations. They apply to your life specifically because he's written them to but if we refuse to listen to the scriptures, I don't know how we can expect to continue to hear his voice in our personal lives. There's a lot of people I've known who they pray and they want him to speak to them, but they refuse to ever open their Bibles. Um, it's like this. Let's say I had written you um, letter after letter. I had written you 66 letters. Let's say one every month. If I wrote you one letter every month, that would take me five and a half years to write 66 handwritten letters to you. And then I show up at your house and I find them and they're all completely unopened. Or I find out that you've just been throwing them in the trash and you haven't opened up a single one of those letters. Why would I ever write you a 67th letter if you didn't open the first 66 that I wrote to you? In your Bible, there are 66 books of that Bible. There are 66 letters that the Lord has written to you. And if you haven't read them yet, why would he speak to you personally? Why would he write you a 67th if you didn't care enough to read the ones that he already wrote for you? There's this verse that I love that tells us we need to uh, put the words of the Bible on our door frames. We need to write them on our hands. We need to talk about them constantly. It says, talk about them with your children. Talk about them as you're going out throughout your day. Um, what I used to do a lot of times is I would write down verses on post-it notes, and I would put them somewhere in my house. And maybe it looks tacky, but usually most t points in the day, I'm the only one there. And as I'm walking by it, like I'm going to eventually memorize that verse because I'm seeing it so often. And... Uh, another thing I would do is sometimes I would write on a piece of paper before I'd go into work at the gas station or something. I would have a piece of paper with some, a scripture for the day in, uh, in my pocket. And then when there's a slow moment, I'd pull it out and I would read it. And it would ground me back to the fact that though I don't see him, the Lord's here right now. And I would be learning his voice through this. One that I'm doing right now is if I'm in the bathroom, I just decided I'm not going to be on my phone doing anything else 
the only thing right now that I'm doing in the bathroom is I either read scripture or I've been trying to memorize a verse every single day. And it's just like, that's just dead time. <laughs> like, we all end up in the bathroom, and usually you're just, you know, scrolling through Reddit or doing whatever, but that is something specific that you can say, Lord, I'm being intentional now with this time. This is a good way for us to learn the voice of our God is to engage with the 66 letters he already wrote. Um, once you've spent time in the Bible, that is your base standard by which you weigh all other messages from God. God's voice will never contradict itself. And so once you know his voice, you're more likely throughout your day to hear, oh, that spirit's speaking to me. He's telling me to do something. So number four. Number four is the Lord needs to be speaking for you to hear. And I say that because just like us, none of you guys, most of you guys are not speaking right now. Um, the Lord needs to be speaking in order for us to hear his voice. Um, if you do not hear something right away, don't just assume that you've done something wrong. Uh, one of the reasons I think that we don't hear God speaking to us more often is we don't know how to handle his silence. Sometimes, again, I think he wants to know, is this going to be something you're willing to put some time into? Is this something you're going to commit to? When God seems to be silent, sometimes we think, you know, did I ask the wrong question? Was I foolish to think that he would talk to me? Does he even care about me? And we start to go through all these questions, and we end up thinking, you know, I guess God cared about Peter, and he cared about Paul, but I don't think he cares about me in the same way. And we don't realize there are times when he's silent. Um, he gets, he is a living being. He gets to choose when he speaks. And he will speak to you if you keep coming, but you need to be patient in that. Um, Kelly felt like she was feeling a little discouraged just this week, she said, about the fact that um, she oftentimes has seasons where she hears his voice, but during this season, she hasn't felt like she's been hearing. And she said she felt like the Lord said this to her um, when she was getting frustrated. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, literally yesterday. And she felt like the Lord said to her, Rejoice when it does not come naturally, or you see no benefit from seeking me because a selfless sacrifice honors the Lord far more than a selfish one. We can sometimes treat God like he's a vending machine, where we think, Lord, I put 10 minutes in, why didn't I get something back out? I took 15 minutes in, you should be, you should be paying out now, right? But we cannot put God into a box. We can't, he doesn't run on our schedules. He doesn't bow to our demands. What we can do is we can listen reverently we can ask to hear his voice, but there is nothing in this world that you can do that compels him to speak. King Saul, I think, is a perfect example of what to do completely wrong <laughs> with God. If you ever looked at the story of King Saul, he did every time, like, he comes and he, there's the sacrifice that has to be offered to the Lord, and he's like, everything's taking too long, and so he just like rushes ahead with it, even though Samuel said, no, you need to stop and be patient. He rushes ahead with it, and you remember God goes, I'm not happy with you, Saul, <laughs> because he didn't do, he didn't wait on the Lord, he just rushed ahead to get it over with. 
Or there's this point where he's not hearing the voice of God, and instead of continuing to seek, he said, enough with this, I'm going to a witch. He says, it says he went, goes to the witch of Endor, the spiritist who tries to commune with the dead. And he goes, the prophet Samuel, I want you to bring him up so I can hear a message from God, right? This is completely backwards. He's trying to use witchcraft to make God speak to him. And Samuel comes up, but the message is, and now you're going to die, Saul. <laughs> the Lord is not happy. Saul gets impatient. He, try, he thinks God's this vending machine. When God finally does speak to him, he gives him this command, I need you to wipe out the Amalekites fully. And you know what Saul does? He only partially obeys. He, he goes to war, but then he goes, no, we're not going to kill the animals because I want those animals for myself. We're not going to, and he, and he only partially obeys what God says to him. King Saul does everything wrong when it comes to seeking the Lord. Um, he is not a vending machine to us, but this is something I can promise you. If you do keep seeking him in faith, you will find the Lord speaks to you. Um, there is a promise of Scripture. And don't forget, Scripture is the voice of God. So he does not lie. This is a promise of Scripture. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a promise. You find him if you seek him with all your heart. This is also a promise. Jesus says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It is a very kind promise from him. It's not going to be silent forever. I had this thing that I felt like the Lord taught me um, when we were uh, kind of early in this ministry in Hartford, and it's been really been a good thing for me. Um, the, the quote that I felt like the Lord gave to me is, we sow the seed of listening so that we can reap the harvest of hearing. And I realized when it was phrased to me that way, I put in the time to listen so that later, when the Lord is ready, I reap this harvest of actually hearing his voice. Me and Kelly, uh, we just got our new house, and we're praising the Lord for that. We just put seeds down two days ago into the ground, okay? Um, we put seeds into the ground. They are not grown yet, right? <laughs> I can go out there the next day, and I don't suddenly go, oh, yeah, there's the seeds. You know, certainly I don't put them into the ground, and 15 minutes later, I'm able to eat the fruit that I'm plant I planted, right? We sow the seed of listening so we can eventually harvest hearing from him. But we get this confusion, I think, where we think, God, I went into that room and I sat on my knees before you for 15 minutes. Why didn't you speak? Do you not care about me? Do you not listen? Do you, is this all pointless? And then we never do it again. And I think that for a lot of us, we gave up listening and we never reaped the harvest that comes when you consistently, when the Lord knows you have a listening heart, he wants people like that. He will speak to you by his Holy Spirit. Um, when he speaks, there are times that it's quiet, and there are times that it is very obvious. And the, the analogy I felt like that the Lord gave me with this is you think of like a boat sitting in a, just like a still lake. 
with just the slightest nudge, you would be able to kind of guide where that boat goes, right? And sometimes, especially when our hearts are still before him and we're very responsive to his voice, it just takes the slightest nudge from the Lord and then he goes, and now you're on the path. You're on the path you need to get to. And we end up, you know, walking that path for a time. And maybe it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like an angel stepped out of heaven. You know, Balaam was on the wrong path and there had to be an angel that stood in his way with a sword. And then he had to make the donkey speak because he didn't even listen to the angel. He didn't even see that. Um, it doesn't feel like this grandiose moment. It feels like a slight nudge by his spirit. But when we get to the end of that path, we look back and we go, oh, the Lord was there the entire time. The Lord guided me down this path, and that's why it turned out exactly as it, why it, turned out exactly as it should. There are other times when it does feel like you're caught in the rapids in that boat, and it feels like the Lord is very clearly speaking right now, and you know it without a doubt. Um, some of the times that it feels like that are moments of conviction. And I'm sure you've had this, where the Lord says to you, Josh, I want you to go ask that person's forgiveness. I want you to go to apologize to that person. And in your, your heart, you're like, nope, don't want to do that, Lord. But like, you can't get away from it because you know the Spirit is saying, no, I'm not going to give you rest until you go do that. And there are times where it's like, that's not a gentle nudge. You're like, I know you're speaking to me, Lord. Um, it's actually a good thing, I think, when it doesn't take much for him to get us where we need to go because our hearts are so responsive. We're ready. We're eager to hear him. And then when we feel like we hear him, we move into that direction. Another possible reason that we don't hear God speaking um, is because when he does speak, we don't do anything about it. Um, I have been guilty of this myself at times where I'll say to the Lord, I want to hear from you. I want, to, I want a message from you. And I'll go into a room, and he'll give me a message. He'll say, and I think, oh, wow, how interesting. That's so cool. I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And then I don't follow through on it. And here's the thing is, when he speaks to us, it's usually towards one end, and that end is obedience. You know, he asks you to go do something or for you to communicate something. He, he speaks towards the end of obedience, and sometimes he speaks and then we do nothing with what he said. Or we read the scriptures and we go, that one's a little tough for me, God. Don't think I'm going to do it. Um, and I think one of the reasons we maybe don't hear as much as we could is because we don't ever plan on actually doing anything with the messages that he gives to us. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word of God, not just hearers. Be doers when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, not just hearers. There's this quote, and I'm going to end with this. There's this quote I really like. And it says, Search the scriptures as you would a wardrobe, not to take inventory, but that you might find something to wear. And I've always liked that. Like, as I'm coming to the scriptures each day, it's not just so I have this memorization of everything that's in there. I'm not taking inventory. I'm coming to the scriptures with the intention of, I'm going to find something to wear today. You know, the Lord says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I know I've been struggling with anger or whatever. And I go, I'm putting that one on today, God. I'm going to choose to wear this. And when you're there and you're silent and you're listening, and then the Lord does speak, 
Put it on. Wear it. Go throughout your day with that before your eyes. You know, write it on your hands. Put it on your door frames. Speak about it constantly. Um, I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if we ended this message and we didn't take some time to be silent. And so the summation of this, again, those four points, is we have to be silent. We have to draw near to God. We have to know his voice, but we also have to recognize we only hear his voice when he is speaking. And so wait for when he wants to speak to you. But we're going to be silent, and we're going to take, um, I'm going to set a timer, and we're going to do three minutes. That might feel like a long time. Um, but what I want you to do beforehand is I want you just to take a moment and just pray and say, Lord, if there's something you would speak to me, some challenge, some conviction, maybe an encouragement, something I need to hear, Lord, I'm listening. For this next few minutes, I'm going to listen. And just be silent and, and listen for if the Lord has something to say to you. So Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will just be with us here in this place. I ask in Jesus' name that you will speak now to who you, whoever you want to speak to. I pray in Jesus' name.
We made it through. <laughs> um, I guess I'll end with this. There's a, there is something I was reading. This person gave seven steps. They're just a good way to practice this. They said, number one, schedule a time in your week. So maybe you say, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I'm going to do this. Number two, find a place. Jesus talked about going into our prayer closets. Um, number three, set a timer. You know, maybe you say, Lord, it's going to be 12 minutes that I'm going to listen. I do that a lot when I'm praying about something specific. I'll say, God, I'm going to put 10 minutes to listen for you because I want to hear if you have something to say. Number four, relax your body, quiet your mind as much as you can. Number five, get your phone out of reach so it doesn't, <laughs> so it doesn't distract you. Number six, ask God for the ability to listen. And then number seven, just be present in that moment. And again, remember, you are sowing listening so that eventually you can reap hearing. Thank you guys for uh, letting us come and worship with you today. Uh, we love you guys and we appreciate you. Um, Lord, I pray a blessing over this church. I ask in Jesus' name that you will bless these people and that you yourself will just make them into men and women of God who really love you to their core. I ask in Jesus' name. Uh, you guys are dismissed. Love you guys.